Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. Not far from my house is a hospital, and in that hospital is a hospice unit where people go to die. You don't go to get better, you go to wait to die. The rest of the hospital, people are trying to get better, trying to live. My question for you on this program is this. Are you a hospice Christian? Lord, I'm just waiting to die to go be with you. Or are you a hospital Christian? God, I can't die yet. I've got to get better because I've got so much to do for you. <laughs> well, we're going to see today the Apostle Paul himself had both of these mentalities battling within him. I think you'll find this an interesting chapter. Would you turn in the New Testament to Philippians chapter 1 <clears throat> and let's learn about the hospital versus the hospice mentality. Let's pray first. Father, we do want to pray that some people watching this show just want to die way too much, and other people aren't quite ready to die yet. We would pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit would speak now through these ancient verses from the Apostle Paul to each of our lives and make us the Christians you want us to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Philippians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul writes this to the church in ancient Philippi. Chapter 1 of Philippians, starting at verse 21, the Apostle Paul writes, For to me, to live is Christ, that's the hospital mentality, and to die is gain, that's the hospice mentality. I want you to notice, for the Apostle Paul, death is not a gloomy prospect. Here's the first lesson today. For the Christian, death is gain. John Bunyan wrote the famous Pilgrim's Progress book, when he was dying in 1688, he said, Weep not for me. I go to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will, through the mediation of his blessed Son, receive me, though a sinner, where I hope we shall meet to sing the new song and remain everlastingly happy, world without end. Beethoven was a deaf composer, and he said, quote, I shall hear in heaven. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, death is going to be a good thing. It says, death is gain. Look at verse 22. But if I am to live on in the flesh in my human body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Now he's back into the hospital mentality. Here's the next lesson. For Christians, the reason to live is fruitful labor for the Lord. Right, this is the person that says, God, I can't die yet. I, I got to see my grandchildren get raised. I want to make sure they're Christians and I'm reading them Bible stories and getting them to church. And, and the hospital Christian has got too much to do first. <laughs> but Paul is struggling here. Look at verse 22. I do not know which to choose. I am hard-pressed in both directions, having the desire to depart, depart and be with Christ. In other words, 
I'm caught between the hospice mentality of wanting to die because that's going to be great, but then there's the hospital mentality. I can't die yet. I've got to serve the Lord. So uh, look at verse 23. I have the desire to depart to be with Christ, for that is very much better. Now he's back into the hospice mentality. So here's the next lesson. It is not wrong to want to die. When I go to a hospital and somebody says, oh, pastor, I just want to die, part of me is thinking, me too. <laughs> it's not a sin to want to go to be with the Lord. The Apostle Paul wanted to go be with the Lord. I remember years ago, a lady of our church was dying. Her name was Gertrude. Wednesday night, we had a prayer meeting and somebody prayed for Gertrude to get healed. And I had my eyes closed, and I kind of saw something. And I saw Gertrude in this dark, dusty room. She was standing in front of a closed door. On the other side of the door was a beautiful paradise. But our prayers for her healing pulled her back into the dark room. And I said to the church that night, if we could see what's on the other side of that door, we would let Gertrude go. And she, she did go that week. <laughs> and you know, I've said it before on the show, I'll say it again. When Christian, when you and I are in heaven, we're gonna look back on earth and think, why did I scratch and claw to stay down there? <laughs> so nothing is wrong with wanting to die. The apostle Paul said, I would rather depart and be with Christ. That is far better. Look at verse 24. Yet, to remain on in the flesh, in my human body on earth, is more necessary for your account. Now he's back to the hospital mentality. Look at that verse, everyone, and answer this question. Why do Christians continue to live? The answer is, on your account. On the account of others. The reason you're still on earth is on account of others. I mean, I, much as I'd love to go be in heaven some days, I don't want to die quite yet because I have family members and friends who don't know the Lord, and I want to see them saved. And you know the prayer I pray for myself periodically? God, between today and the day I die, use me for your greatest glory and the greatest salvation of souls. If you've never prayed that, I just encourage you to today or tonight pray, God, between today and the day I die, use me for your greatest glory and the greatest salvation of souls. That's why Christians are on the planet. Look at verse 25. And convinced of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. Now according to that verse, what is your purpose in life as a Christian? Here's the answer. The Christian's purpose in life is the progress and joy in the faith of others. If you're a Christian parent, your job is the progress and joy in the faith of your children. If you're a grandparent, your job is the progress and joy in the faith of your grandkids. If you're single like me, your job is to the people that God puts in your path to bring them to the progress and joy in the Christian faith. <clears throat> R.A. Torrey said this, 
to win men to an acceptance of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord is the only reason Christians are left in this world. Let's look at verse 26. So that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you, Philippians, again. Here's the next lesson. The Christian's purpose is to cause others to glory in Jesus Christ. Again, Christian, the reason you're still on earth, if you're wondering why you're here, you're here to get other people to glory in Jesus Christ. All right. Well, um, if you're like me and you spend too much time in the hospice, I want to die and go to heaven mentality, is anything wrong with that? Well, it's okay to have that to a degree, but then with the Apostle Paul, we got to get beyond that and remind ourselves, hey, I'm not dead yet. I need to be in the hospital. I want to get better so I can serve the Lord. And I'll say this, I'm preaching to me here. Christian, you will have all eternity to enjoy God in heaven. But right now, in this second, and it is only a second compared to eternity, in this little second called your life, he's got you on earth for a purpose. And what is that purpose? For the progress and joy of others in the Lord. One more thing on this. I want to close by asking you to do something. I ask you to see the church as a hospital. Do you go to church? I hope you go to church. If you don't go to church, find a good Bible-preaching church and go every week. But if you're part of a church and I want you to see your church as a hospital. Follow this. In this hospital, everybody is sick. We've all got the same disease. It's called sin. Now, it comes out in different symptoms in different people, but everybody's got the disease called sin. In this hospital, we all take our medicine. We go to church, we take Holy Communion, the body and blood of Christ for our strengthening. We listen to the Word of God. We read the Bible. So we take our medicine regularly. In this hospital, we feed each other the medicine. You go to small groups, you go to Bible studies, and Christians have fellowship to feed each other the medicine. And we have regular checkups with our doctor in this hospital. He comes into our hospital room every day and he talks to us. It's called prayer. And in this hospital, we have division of labor. Some are nurses, some are doctors, some are technicians, some are the cleaning crew, some are the security uh, people. But everybody in this hospital has a different gift and function. So you find out what you're good at, and you use that gift to serve the Lord in his hospital. And one day, you will be moved to the hospice unit, but you ain't there yet. So while you're still in the hospital and alive, your job is to bring others to the progress and joy in the faith. You know, I, I was thinking of my past as I, as I prepared this sermon. How did I get so religious? <laughs> I was raised in a nominal Christian home. We all went to church every Sunday, but then pretty much came home and never talked about it. So how did I get so religious? Well, I had an older sister. She's been dead many years. But when I would walk into Ruthann's bedroom at night, she always had her white confirmation Bible out reading her Bible. So when I got my confirmation Bible when I was 12 years old, I don't think anybody, I can't remember anybody telling me to read it. 
But because Ruthann read her Bible, I started reading my Bible. That was the beginning of this. I remember Grandma Lowski saying, I pray for you grandkids. So I also had a grandma that prayed. Then I went to college and some Campus Crusade for Christ people shared Christ with me. And then I transferred to a Christian college and had such wonderful biblical Christian professors. And you know what I thought of? How did God get the medicine of Jesus Christ to me? He sent me living human beings that gave me the medicine of Christ. Do you know why you're alive, Christian? You're alive because God wants to use you, a living human being, to take the medicine of Christ to people who are dying without him. That's why you're still on the planet. And I'll close with this. Here's a, a girl who comes home and she says, Mother, this certain man a number of times now has talked to me about Jesus and my soul. And the mother was not a religious person and was perturbed and said, well, next time he talks to you, you just tell him to mind his own business. And she said, but mother, he acts like this is his business. <laughs> it is our business, Christian, the reason we're still on earth. God still has a purpose for you. Maybe you can't even get out of bed. You're still here for a purpose. And that is through your prayers, through your talking, through your letter writing, through whatever to bring the medicine of Christ to a dying world. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. If you have a question or a Bible verse that you're having trouble with, at the end of the show, you're gonna see our website and I'd encourage you to send your questions and we'll try to answer them on a later show. Pastor Brock, as long as you were talking about this, did the Philippians ever see Paul again? I mean, yeah. if he was in prison? And you know, a number of the Pauline letters, let's see, Philippians, Colossians, a number of his letters were written from jail. So when Paul is sitting here wondering whether he wants to die or live, that was right on his plate because he was writing from jail. And did he ever, you know, I, I, I think if I remember this, I think we think he did get out of jail and he did get to see the Philippians again. I'm not, know that we were, but he was in and out of jail for preaching the gospel. So I think if I remember right, he probably did, but some of these things we're not sure about. Okay, because it doesn't really ever say it I don't remember it saying, but I, I think the scholars thought, that, yeah, he did probably see them. As a Christian, what should we say to someone who says, I want to die? Mm -hmm. I mean... I, I remember when my dad was really sick with cancer and that, and he really wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, we were fighting that mm -hmm. because we didn't want him to mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. I think when a Christian wants to got, die and go be with the Lord, that can be a good thing. And I would say, look, even the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 1 wanted to, to die and go be with the Lord. But then you got to re read the next verse but he knew he was supposed to stay for the sake of, of other people. So, you know, Jackie, if I was going through utter pain in a hospital room, and I'd probably want to die too, but, um, and nothing's wrong with that, but you don't want to camp there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, the church is supposed to act like a hospital though, right? Mm -hmm. You said, but what do we say to someone who's been hurt by the church? Mm -hmm. Because whether we like it or not, people are hurt yeah. by people in the church. Yeah, and Jackie, 
here, here's my, if, if somebody's watching the show and you don't go to church because you were hurt by the church, well, you got to forgive people and get back into the church. And, and I'll tell you, Jackie, I, you know, you've been in, at Hope Lutheran Church forever. I was the pastor there 29 years. I got my feelings hurt periodically. There are still people, some of whom are dead, that when I think of them, I have to say, Lord, I forgive Mr. So-and-so for what he did, you know. So, but Jackie, we, we get our feelings hurt at school. We still go to school. We get our feelings hurt at our job. We still go to our job. But get your feelings hurt at church. Oh, never going to church again. That's not going to work on Judgment Day. That excuse doesn't hold up. You've got to forgive people, find a good church, and keep going. Well, you know, I think people don't stop to think, too, that we're human beings in that church. Amen. And we're the ones that can hurt someone, not the church itself. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, you said the medicine is Holy Communion. Explain what happens mm -hmm. when we take communion. Yep. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and said, Disciples, eat this, this is my body. He gave them the wine. He said, Drink this, this is my blood. I don't think the disciples understood what he was doing. Uh, they would later that he was talking about his death on the cross for our sins. When we take communion, we're remembering how Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins so we could be forgiven. We're partaking in that. That Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood. Somehow Jesus is truly present in the bread and the wine to give, him, to give us for the forgiveness of sins and strength for the Christian life. So that's what happens when they take communion. Okay, another question. Does a person need to be baptized before they take communion? That's the New Testament norm. In the New Testament, when the apostles preached, the first thing that happens was everybody got baptized, then later they would take communion. I'm not comfortable with some of these very liberal churches that tell people everybody can come up for communion. Well, wait a minute. Isn't it important that they repent of their sins and ask for forgiveness and believe in Christ? Some of these liberal churches are just profaning Holy Communion with the way they're doing it. So be careful. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 11, some of you are dying and getting sick because you're getting drunk on Holy Communion. You want to be very careful when you take communion. If a person is visiting and going around, say, church shopping, I yeah. guess is what you want to say, what's your advice to that person of what they should be looking for to yeah. find the right church? Yep. I'm a Lutheran, you're a Lutheran, but whether it be a Lutheran, Baptist, Episcopalian, Methodist, whatever, there are good Lutheran churches and there are horrible Lutheran churches. So I've said this before on TV, let me say it again. You go visit a church. Afterwards, you say, Pastor, can I just have two minutes of your time? I'm thinking of coming here. Do you believe the Bible is the infallible Word of God? Do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? Do you believe Jesus is the only way to heaven? Tell me your beliefs about premarital sex, abortion, homosexuality, and if you get tap dancing, if you get, that's a complex issue. Christian, no, then, then you want to go somewhere else. But if you get very clear, of course there's a heaven and a hell. Of course Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's a good church. You know, Pastor Brock, in the church today, there's getting to be more female ministers mm -hmm. that have, are overseeing churches and yep. that. What's your opinion on women pastors? And, you know, some churches, I think, don't believe that it's right for a woman to be in the pulpit. Mm -hmm. Two elderly women wrote, wrote in that question, <laughs> and I wrote them. First uh, Timothy chapter 2, Paul says, I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. She is to remain quiet. So the Apostle Paul was against women preaching over men. 
When Jesus chose the 12 disciples, he didn't choose six men and six women. He chose six men. Men and women are equal, but we're different. And the way that God set up leadership in the church is the preacher is to be a male. So, of course, you know, uh, the denomination we used to be part of, a lot of liberal denominations now ordain women. I think they're being unbiblical. Okay. Um, as you get older, is it okay if you just watch Christian TV and consider that your church? I mean, there are people mm -hmm. who can't get out. Mm -hmm. And I think in that case it would be right, but yeah. there are other people who just kind of use it as an excuse. Right, Jackie. That's, you just gave my answer. I, uh, there, if you are shut in and you can't get out, then yes, you know, watch church on TV. But try to get your pastor to come out and give you communion once a month. Uh, so you can be in touch with, with that. And Jackie, uh, you and I know na ladies who are 95 years old at Hope Lutheran Church who get to church every Sunday. And that's the way I want to go out. And so, yeah, if you can get out, I mean, I think that's the highlight of some people's, it's the one time they get out a, a week is to go to church. I love that. So I think if you can get out, go to church. I'm thinking about a lady at our church that makes a point of helping the 95-year-old right. people and goes out of her way to get them to church. Great will things. be her reward in heaven. Yes, and she is, you know, has problems of her own and yeah. she still does it. That, so, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever seen emotional or mental healing happen in the church? I mean, mm -hmm. people, it seems like we're having more mental health mm -hmm. issues mm -hmm. for people this in this day and mm -hmm. age than I can remember when I was younger, but yeah. maybe I just wasn't aware of it. Well, you know, Jackie, I, I, I know people who've been emotionally healed by being part of the church, intellectually healed, where they leave behind fuzzy beliefs and embrace the scriptures. You know, mental healing, it happens. Um, on the other hand, it doesn't always happen. There's a certain person at Hope Lutheran who has mental problems. He's had them for 25 years, and we, we prayed for him. But it's his, it's his battle in life. So sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes God saves some healing for heaven. Okay. Yeah. Um, is once saved, always saved? I right. mean, you hear people say that, and I Somebody guess... wrote that in. And how much time we got? Well, we got a little bit. There's a doctrine called eternal security. And this is taught mainly by Calvinists. And they teach that if you're truly saved, you will, God will keep you saved till the end. Lutherans tend to believe in, no, you can really lose your salvation. So you can come to Christ, accept him, and then walk away. So which is it? Um, technically, I, I, I lean toward, the, God saved me and he's kept me saved all these years. I trust he will continue to. And there are verses that say, Philippians chapter 1, he, God, who began a great good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. And Jesus said in John, John, is it chapter 10 or 15, no one can snatch my believers out of my hand. But then you've got other verses like in Hebrews that talk about the dangers of beware lest any of you fall away. So my, my 10 cents on this, I don't mean to be mushy, There's enough in scriptures that teaches that as long as you trust in Christ, you're saved. And you're going to be saved. There's enough in scriptures that talk about the dangers of falling away that make me keep on my toes. So I kind of go right between the middle. 
So you, is once saved always saved? <laughs> this is one where sincere Christians disagree. I tend to believe he's going to keep me saved, but again, there's enough in Scripture about the dangers of falling away that that makes it so I can't live in sin and be comfortable. Tom, can you explain the difference between an atheist and an agnostic? Yes, this I, came from those two elderly women again that wrote in. And an atheist is someone who says there is no God. An agnostic is someone who says, I don't know. So an atheist is more firm that there is no God. An agnostic says, I don't know if there's a God or not. That's, that's the difference between an atheist and an agnostic. Okay. You know, Tom, it seems like even in our church right now that we're getting wider selections of people from all different walks of life mm -hmm. and race and everything. And, you know, some people embrace that and other people don't. Yeah. What should a church yeah. be doing to make this work? Right. You know, one of the most conservative places on earth is the church. And if you've sat in a church pew for 50 years and all of a sudden people who don't, don't speak your language very well or aren't your color uh, get into your pew that you've sat in for 50 years, that can cause people to ruffle their feathers. At which point you just got to say, you got to get over that. It, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, there will be people from every tribe and tongue and na nation in the church. The church should reflect that. I love it when you go to church and all kinds of colored people, co different colors of people are in that church. That's the way it's going to be in heaven. We should start practicing that on earth. So check your racism at the door and be open to change. <laughs> and you know, I think as your neighborhoods change and things like that, mm -hmm. the church, you know, started out being one way and as people migrate into your mm -hmm. neighborhood and yeah. that, you have to embrace those people. You They're do. part of your community, yep. and you want your community to be based and on... You, you do, and you can learn from them. I mean, they can be our teachers. I mean, Jackie, I was raised in a Missouri Synod Lutheran Church in Omaha. I don't think we had one black person in that church. And I don't think people were trying to be racist. In that section of Omaha, there weren't many black people. but. You know, on the other hand, we need to start reflecting the kingdom. And, and it's great when there's mixed races in church. Yeah. We've only got about 30 seconds left, Tom. Uh -huh. Is there any update that you'd well, like yeah, to Well, yeah, everybody say? pray for us, if you would. We're on all over the country now, but lately finances have been tight. We hope not to cut back on some of the stations that we're seen on. So pray for us that we'd, we'd be able to expand rather than shrink. If the Lord nudges you to help, you go to... Uh, pastorstudy.org, people donate online, or you can we'll see the address in a minute, and people uh, send us contributions. So pray for that if you would, and God bless you, and we'll see you next time at the Pastor Study. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? you may do so at pastorstudy.org or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.